Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Hey, this is Jay Weinberg from Slipknot, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Not Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 232, and we're going to do a commentary episode and listen through Beyond Magnetic. I'm excited. I like this album. I know. It's awesome. It well, you know. it's an EP, but I mean, it's as long as Rain and Blood, <laughs> which is crazy. But these songs are long. I think my, my morning BMs are as long as Rain and Blood. Yeah, yeah. Which may may mean I need to see a doctor. You might. Or it may mean Rain and Blood is very short. It, yeah. Um, How long is Rain and Blood? 28 minutes? It's uh, 28, and I think this is like around 29. Only right. a minute difference, but who's counting? Um, but yes, if, if if the term rain and blood runs through your head as you're having a BM, I would suggest seeing a doctor about that. Something might be wrong. Yeah, so if you're joining us for the first time, we're an All Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two professional musicians and make time every week to talk about our favorite band, the Mighty Metallica. And uh, yeah, Beyond Magnetic, famously, we've done maybe two or three episodes on this. Yeah, five or six. Five or six. Who knows? At this point, I don't know. I, lo- I lost count. Uh, but as as most of us know out there, especially if you're a true, uh, James went out of his way when they debuted these songs at the 30th anniversary gigs. They played, it was four shows, they played one of these four songs per night. Right. And I recall him going out of his way to say that they're not like scraps. They just didn't fit. They just yeah. didn't, you know, I think they tried to make this whole deal about like these aren't like throwaway b-sides yeah totally and they're fully produced um but i guess the deal with them is they're not necessarily they didn't get like the full mix master treatment so they're right. they're a little raw off the floor but they're fully realized songs there are a lot of people out there uh myself included from time to time that listen to these and actually like the production and mix better than death magnetic because hmm. the only question i would have for someone like a fiddleman who was obviously a part of that record is you finished Death Magnetic, you've decided on the songs, was everything mixed together, including these four, and then decided later, well, let's put it out as an EP, maybe let's remix it a little bit, remaster it, because these songs didn't have like those digital clipping issues that Death yeah. Magnetic did. I think because it was never mastered. Yeah. So that's the deal. And I remember Mike Gillis, Gillis, Gillis. told us uh, um, that you know, they they the only reason they didn't really make the record is just because when it came time to put it all together, they just some songs have to go. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, I I really like Hell and Back. That's my favorite, and I'm excited to get into this. I remember really liking Rebel of Babylon. I don't listen to it that much. I did an episode of Alpha Metallica with Tom Quee, our buddy over there in the UK, uh, for just to pull it away. And then, of course, there's Hate Train. Yeah, Hate Train is is a, a top one for me. I just remember Hate Train having a bit of a fuel vibe. Well, anyway, we're going to get into it and listen to it with our commentary and see what happens. And uh, we got some housekeeping to get through. So if you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the ride. We've been going four and a half years strong. And uh, we're glad you're here. We hope you dig the vibe. Let's get through some of this housekeeping. Let's so, do it. Uh, kind of big news this week. The boys have announced uh, concretely. So the Aftershock gigs are still on the books, and everyone sort of is under the understanding that they're happening. Right. 
But they went out of their way the last week to actually announce that they are going to be doing Louder Than Life in Louisville and Welcome to Rockville in Dayton Beach. Mm-hmm. And we have procured tickets to Sunday night, night two of the Louisville gig. Right. Now, as per usual, we don't know what our touring schedules are going to be. Thankfully, gigs are starting to happen. Right. You are, you've got stuff going on with Kings of Leon. Um, I'm still blowing in the wind, as they say. <laughs> right, right. But September is kind of a long way away. So the plan as of now is we're going to be at the show on Sunday. And not only that, we're throwing a big-ass party on Saturday. That's right, yeah. Saturday the 25th. Saturday the 25th, venue to be announced. We have leads on a venue, but we don't yep. want to announce anything yet. Yeah, and it's it's at um, the KFC Yum Center, which <laughs> if you've been there, it's a small arena. <laughs> we were going to try to do two nights in a row because we're not sure we can fit everybody there. Right, exactly. Um, now, but, I've, I've, got a, I've got a Louisville insider, a good friend of mine that, uh, you know, people joked at one point uh, when they came to visit Nashville or moved here that, because I just, everywhere I go, I kind of just run into people. They're like, you're like the mayor of Nashville. Hmm. I feel like I've been. You just walk around with like a big the key to the city around yeah, your neck. Yeah, well, I, I put it hanging on my keychain. Right. Um, or very sometimes, large. yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll put it. Uh, you can do it Flavor Flav style. Right, yeah. Well, I, I was hoping to get a clock of the right. city. Yeah. He can tell you the time. You can open any door in Nashville. Exactly. But Tyler, my buddy, is that in Louisville. He is so connected up there. And so I hit him up today about just the idea. And he's already like, okay, this is a venue I think we can do it at. This holds a lot of people, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he's going to, you know, we're still going to brainstorm and we'll keep you posted as it gets closer. You can rest assured that me and Ethan are taking uh, much care and precaution to right. make sure this party is the party to be at. Yep. And uh, we've got some word that maybe some Metallica insiders are going to be there as well. Some of our friends we've met along the ride of Metal right. Up Your Podcast. So, um, you know... Several of the Metal Up Your Podcast family are going to go to Friday night and Sunday night and come to the party. Several people are coming in early just to go to the party and then go to Sunday night. Right. And uh, we will be doing a fun little segment here before we listen to Beyond Magnetic where Ethan and I have our fantasy set lists for Sunday night. That's We're right. We're going to read those. It's going to be fun. You can follow along at home and you make your own list at home and you can send it to us with your dog Lucius. Your dog Lucius will love our fantasy set list. Honey, get, he'll love it. Listen, get those colored pencils out. Get that... Um, construction paper out and let's make a set list all the colors of the blessed rainbow i, I do want to add about your the blues yeah. your yellows your cyans your purples your cyans <laughs> your topes <laughs> your mobs your topes your fuchsias anything in an eggshell finish <laughs> your bone your eggshell your cream anything i mean you just Listen, Honey, please. Listen, listen, if Sherman Williams sells it, I'm buying. Okay? Sherman Williams, here's what he'll do. Here's what Sherman will do. And, and honey, believe me, his name's Sherman. Oh, yeah. Here's what he'll do. He'll say, can you... <laughs> <laughs> you got this. He'll say, can you sprinkle the morning with the rainbow dew? And he's quoting some song from It's a Beautiful Life or something. He said, can you sprinkle it with dew? And I said, honeydew? I love honeydew. He says, no, honey. Can you sprinkle it with dew? Because here's what we do at Sherman Williams. Any little dream you dream of a color, we make it into it. We put the formula. It's a formula. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you put your blacks and your whites and your topes and your reds, and you mix them all together, and you got to know the formulas up here in the oh, noodle. Yeah, it's a science. With a noodle. It's a science. Up it's in the science. noodle. And so that's what we do. And all, and all of this to make a set list. Who does this? Who does that? I so, don't know. So we'll be reading our set list. I'm curious to see what yours are. All right. I, I had fun with mine, but I didn't go insane. I didn't go insane either. I, I, I kept mine realistic. Yeah, mine's... Well, my, I don't know how realistic mine is. Um, I mean, not... 
But like, here's what doesn't happen on mine. They don't play Orion with Cliff on mine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, they I didn't like bend the rules of space time. See, I originally I had Rome with Jason. <laughs> Um, well, and, and then hit the lights with Raman Govani, which it could, what could, what could happen physically. I heard Tumbleweed Ron wasn't available on them particular date. He had a melee to attend to, for he couldn't just. They'd be calling him yellow. He didn't show up oh, wow. to walk the ten paces. He turned around, cow, boom! You shoot from the hip. I'm Tumbleweed Ron. Wow. You just came out of nowhere, Tumbleweed. I tried to make the schedule work, Ethan. I tried to go to louder than life, but I was wa- I found a wanted man with a bounty on his head, and they said, "Can you bring him in alive?" And I said, "Who the hell are you talking to? I'm Tumbleweed Ron." No, you don't do that. Kind I of. don't besmirch the living. If there's a bounty on someone's head, you're bringing just the head. Back. I'll bring you the head. What's in the box, Brad Pitt? Morgan Freeman out in the desert screaming under the power lines in Arizona somewhere saying, what's in the box? Kevin Spacey's gone insane. He's a murdering sociopath Man. who kills with based on the seven deadly sins. And Brad, Brad Pitt says, what's in the box? And Morgan Freeman says, I'll look in the box. So Morgan Freeman takes a little butterfly knife and he cuts that ribbon on the box and he looks in and he says, Mills, because Brad Pitt's character in that movie okay. is named Mills. And Morgan Freeman seems like a brave man to open I'm talking about David Fincher 7. Okay. And he says, Mills, walk away. Walk 10 paces. And Mills says, what's in the box? Hey, I've seen that movie. What's in the box? Well, David Mustaine come on here try to tell Mills what's in the box. He said, you walk away. And I said, I'm Tumbleweed Ron. I see a tumbleweed in the distance, and I follow it, and I can see as far as an eagle in the sky. And I said, you don't want to look in that box, David. Wow. Well, I wouldn't recommend it either. I wouldn't want to see what's in the box. But it's a bummer you can't make it to Loud in Life to hang out with everybody. It is a bummer. I told James Hetfield we got history, me and him. We go back a long ways. Oh, yeah. Back, all the way back to Tumbleweed Ron's garage. That's right, yeah. It, it, it was more of an outhouse, if I remember right. We used tools that unconventional to man to build what we were building. We used tools called a guitar and a bass and a tom-tom drum. And wow. we put together wasn't no sort of artifice of any kind of structure known to man. We were putting together hit lights. And we was putting together mechanics. It was actually a moonshine that I spilled in his pickups. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he never saw another day because, from what I'm told, they woke his ass up and said, you're on the nest bus back to San Francisco. Wow, that's crazy. I'm Tumbleweed Ron, goddammit. And scene. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, how do we get there? What uh, are we doing? Realistic set lists. Yeah, so we'll, I'm excited to see. All right, let's get through some of this other stuff. Another cool thing that's happening is they are doing another, they're reprising the Metallica Mondays, which all of us will fondly remember from last year, got us through some very dark quarantine sure, days. Sure, yeah. It's just a, this is a one-time thing, This right? is a one-off. It's a charity event for the All Within My Hands Foundation, and uh, it's a show from the World Wired Tour awesome. from Nebraska, from Lincoln. I mean, it's been a while since we had a Metallica Monday, so I'm down for any show. I, I think it's really exciting, and what we've decided to do is do a Patreon Zoom hang. And that's if you're listening to this the day this comes out, this it's is tonight. T- tonight. It's tonight, and all the details will be on our socials. Don't be one of those people who, after the thing happens, goes, What? When did you guys do that? Uh, what? Like, dude, we told you about it. We put it on the socials. It's on, it's, it's on the socials as we speak. Which is why you got to follow us on the socials, baby. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. We update the best we can. And the Discord, where all the Metal Beer Podcast family hang out, on the reg. On the reg. And share recipes. I was on there earlier, right before you showed up. 
You were. I was scoping it out. What was going on? Oh, I posted uh, some of the vinyl I picked up today with my buddy. And, uh, yeah, just I, was, I wasn't posting much, just kind of catching up, you know. Last The last week or so, I've been a little bit busy working over at the smokestack with Paul. Paul! Um, and so I just haven't been on there as much as I normally am, uh, which that's a good sign. That means I'm working. So, um, And a, a, a quick side note to go back to Louisville. If I or Clint cannot be there, that is also good news because that, that means we're back to work. That's true. <laughs> you know, so we, of course we'd love to be there and we'll see what happens. But um, Well, speaking of vinyl, by the way, I was very, very happy this week to have gotten all the Lunar Satan vinyl. Very happy to give you your copy I'm, today. I'm excited, man. Um, you are thanked on the back uh, as Ethan Totally Luck. Awesome. And I did all of that. All the people I thanked on the back have nicknames. Because Love it. growing up reading Metallica liner notes, they always had oh, yeah. these ridiculous liner notes where they were thinking like all the knuckleheads from the Bay Area and yeah, shit. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, all right, so is that all the housekeeping? So that Zoom party, if you want to come hang with us, it's super fun. Usually about 25, 35, 40 people show up, and maybe some people have a cocktail, some people have coffee, and it's people all over the world. Yeah. And we're going to watch the show together and just generally have a nice time. I'm ready for a nice time. It's just generally going to be a nice time. No big whoop. I mean, what else do you want to do on a Monday night? I want to have a nice time. I mean, if you look on my iCal, penciled in to every Monday is have a nice time. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's already on the sketch. It's 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 a bit of a a, a sub series of ha- is have fun always. Have fun always because guess what's included in always Mondays. Mondays and have a nice time. So whatevs. Yeah. Um. Go leave us a positive review on iTunes. There's eight thousand Metallica podcasts, and then I'm told even more podcasts about other things that aren't Metallica. Really? If you can believe it. Wow. Uh, and leaving us a positive review, if you like the show, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, it just goes a long way, because when people want to clickety-clack their way over and say, like, who is anyone talking about Metallica out there? And they're like, oh my goodness, look at all these options to choose uh, from. What should I do? They're going to look at the reviews to make their decision. Perfect. Put the abbreviation on decision there. you got to save time. I'm an efficient man. I'd like to save time. That's i got right. things to do. i got nice times to have later. On Mun? Exactly, on Mun Aft. Yeah. You know what Mun Aft is? Monday afternoon. Absolutely it yeah. is. So, you know, we're wasting time by telling you what it is, but you, everyone should know when you put the brief on something. But then, again, paradoxically, yes, is time having fun, time wasted? Because I'm having fun explaining the brief sitch. Is time so, having a nice time with us? Is time a flat circle from hell? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so leave us a positive review thank you for doing it in advance and thank you to all you beautiful There's a, I think we have over 500 positive reviews over there thank you to anyone who's done that we also have the Patreon which is how you get into the Zoom and you get a whole bunch of nice stuff you're going to hear a commercial for it later we do want to thank four new patrons James Gates Bryce Lawrence Glenn Merritt and Bullets in the Fire Bullets in the Fire that's one of my new songs Good night, Darkon now we are Bullets in the Fire thank you thank you uh, I mentioned all the socials already. Let's get to the email corner because people, Ethan, have written us electronic mail. All right, here we go. Our first email is from our friend, our, our uh, con- uh, I would say constant our archivist. Our archivist, Stan Pearl, is archiving every episode. Um, Hello, Stanley. Hello, Stanley Pearlson. Um, Stan Pearlson, a brief. If you don't know that, yeah. But um, yeah, he, you know, he, he's a, he's a great listener and has been archiving every episode, going through all. I like of them. you called him a great listener. So, you know, 
you're telling him about your problems a lot, and he's just such a great listener. Like he's, he is, yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about the podcast. Yeah, no, no, no. You're just telling him about like your bunions and shit. We have our own Discord server. It's just the two of us, right? And I just tell him about my problems. And he's like, "My name's Stan. I'm an ear. I'll be your ear. Lend me your ear. Rest your weary head upon my Stan the Man shoulders." <laughs> well, Stan writes in and says, "Hey guys, forgot uh, forgot you prefer the Metal Tales signups by email." Uh, if it hasn't been spoken for yet, I'd be happy to do one for the Friday show at Louder Than Life. That's all I got. Hope your week is going well, Stanley. Well, guess what, Stan? Uh, your wish is my fucking command, dude. Dude, as as Wesley from uh, go on from Princess Bride? Princess Bride says, "As you wish." <laughs> I thought that was gonna. Be, as they say in Princess Bride, "You killed my father." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, as they say in Princess Bride, inconceivable. Inconceivable. No, I, was say, I switched your drink when you were looking the other way. I I used a few uh, Wesley as your wish memes on Discord this week and felt pretty good about it because I don't see them there often. You felt pretty good about that, huh? I did. Well, it's a be- slow week. It is a slow week. Slow week to feel good about that. Well, listen. I used a couple of memes and uh, not going to lie to you, Ethan, felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you told me to have fun always, so here I am. I used memes and felt pretty good. And some gifts. <laughs> And, uh, a few gifts, which are memes, also yes, but they they're move. Yeah, they're like a motion picture, but a gif. They're memes that move. Correct. Well, uh, thank you for the email, Stan. Of course, you can do the metal tales, my homie. I'm exci- one of the things I'm also excited about. Other than seeing all of our metal podcast buddies, especially at our kick-ass party. Um, is getting to talk to people uh, for the metal tales for new shows. I, isn't that crazy? Dude, the boys are playing some new shows. Like, and, uh, like new metal tales with a sh- from from a show that will have just happened. It's like waking up out of a horrible nightmare. It's We're so waking weird. up out of a horrible nightmare. Yeah, this slowly waking up. We're vaxxed as fuck. Ready. I'm going out. I'm not sweating it. I'm gonna kiss everybody. I'm gonna kiss everybody on their fucking mouths. Yeah. <laughs> For fun, <laughs> which is what I did before the pandemic. Even anyway. people I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Even dogs I don't know. Oh, I mean. And the Lucius is coming, and Valentino's coming to the party for sure. Danny Taylor writes in, What's up, brothers? On the 15th, I got to play a long-awaited first gig in a while. Congrats. I haven't played a gig since January 6th. Yeah. He says, So cool to get out and play. We were first of three bands that night. A little backstory for the reason of this email. I got one of the OG logo shirts, Metal Up Your Podcast shirts, on the first run you guys did. 2X was the biggest you offered, but I got one anyways, and boy, was it tight. Tight. He says, also, it fit really snugly. (laughs) He says, anyways, I was 331 pounds at the time, and I was all like, oh, well, I'll just keep it and use it as a motivator to shed some of those LBs with the hopes of wearing it to a show one day. He says, fast forward from the original shirt run to January 2020, and I was still the same weight. Then from January 2020 to January 2021, I lost and kept off 41 pounds. Wow. Which, congrats. Congrats. So now at 290, I really wanted to wear the shirt, but it's still a bit tight. Tight. He says, so I cheated and got me a 3X shirt and had my wife circuit the hell out of a replica. Please don't hate me, which I don't, by the way. No. But all the cool kids are getting to wear their Metal Up Your Podcast shirts, and I just wanted to fit in, too. And he put fit in parentheses because he's got some dad puns going on. Love it. He says, so I got to rep the podcast a bit, got tons of questions about it, and promises to check it out all night. Thanks for all you guys do. This is still hands down my favorite podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And he sent us some pictures of him. He's a bass player in a band. So he's rocking some gig outside, yeah. repping some Metal Your Podcast, which I think is fucking Dude, awesome. Dan- and Danny, congratulations on the weight loss, man. 41 pounds is no joke. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats, Congrats man. Congratulations, Congratulations. Listen, man, a win is a fucking win, totally. especially after the year that we've all had together, that we've all suffered through and gotten through together. 
a fucking win is a win. And when that door, when you crack open that door on treating yourself well, you fucking walk through it, baby. And I'll walk through it with you. And I'm proud of you. Listen, I think Michael Jordan would say, take the W. What am I wearing right now? A Jordan hat and a Jordan jersey. I'm wearing my Jordan shit tonight, And baby. probably Jordan tidy waddies. People. <laughs> they're, well, they're probably red. I mean, that would be in a possible world where I actually wore underwear. Oh. Thank you oh very much. My. Oh, my. <laughs> George Takai. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, listen. I get asked a couple of times. I've been asked this a few times. Like, hey, man. Are you still, like, all in the Jordan? Is that still, like, a thing for you? And guess what I say? 23 for fucking life. Yeah. I rock 23 as a lifestyle. You know how people say punk as fuck? Yeah. I'm 23, 24, 7. You're 23 as fuck. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. People think that 23 and me is the place you you know, give a blood sample to get your DNA, mm-hmm. uh, give your DNA to like get your family history. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. 23 and me is about the, is the story of Michael Jordan and Clint. Yeah, ancestry.com go fuck yourself. 23 is MJ. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know what else we need to tell the good people out there in podcast land? About what? About our tattoos. Okay. Okay. Here, we do here it? we go. Well, you just did. I so. guess if we say it, it becomes real. It becomes real. So uh, we know there's a lot of people out there that have Metallica tattoos. Uh, obviously, Blake Talica. Shout is out the, to Blake Talica. The king. He's got like 756. Who also, by the way, co-hosts his own Metallica podcast called Metalla Dads. Everyone go check it out. Yep. Go support Blake. He's very cool. Yeah, Blake's a awesome. Very good friend of ours uh, from the OG days. Fellow Tennessean. Um, That's right. And heads up the Tennessee chapter. That's right. Anyways. Um, How many Metallica tattoos does he have? Like 50? It's something like that. I think it's over 50. Okay. I mean, let's just say that. So, yeah, so lots of you out there have nice little Met tattoos. Little tributes, little whatever, something more obvious, something more subtle. Now, you are, like, sleeved up, and I didn't even know this till the other day. Huge tattoo on your back. Yeah, my back's covered. And your chest covered, too? No, I mean, I have just something across my chest, but not... No, that's it on me. And then you got like stuff all over your legs, too, but not like sleeves. Right. So you're tatted up. You got even to have tattoos on your fucking... Hands and Some people in their sleeves at the wrist. Yes. So they can go work at Fifth Third Bank. Should uh, should they have to? You're like fuck that. I'm oh, punk as fuck. I'm mo- 23 for life. <laughs> Most uh, tattoo artists are gonna call hand tattoos the job killers. Oh, that's what they're called. It's not so much nowadays. It's a, a different world, obviously. But like back in the 90s and early 2000s, it's a it was, world. And, and really, <laughs> and really, any time <laughs> before that. But um, I I mean, I got over it. I I I had the traditional sleeve that went down to where the end of your sleeve goes down. Yes. Hence sleeve. Hence the word sleeve. And then when I got my knuckles down, I was like, ah, fuck it. So, Ethan, because you have 7,000 tattoos, you know people in town who do tattoos. And I do. Paul, I should also add, Paul Paul, Paul is also heavily tattooed. Yeah. Paul has a whole back piece, too. I know. You guys are nuts. I yeah. love it. It's awesome. I feel really n- nude. Uh, quite naked, yes. So, you guys know a bunch of tattoo people because you guys are just rap scallions. Yeah. And we have a friend of yours. What's his name? Ian White. Ian White. And what's his shop called? It's called Safe House Tattoo. So Ian White at Shape House... Safe House. (laughs) It's called Shape House Tattoo, where they reshape your tattoos. Ian White at WeightWatches.com will help you get a tattoo. No, so he has agreed generously to open up shop... After after Hours. hours. Yep. One of my favorite Martin Scorsese films, by the way. Uh, After Hours. And he's going to be donating tattoos to us. Yep. Very generously. Yeah, we will tip him, of course. And of course, we're going to tip him and make it worth his while. And we're going to be doing a live episode while we get our tattoos... Are we, let's save, because we know what we're getting. I know what I'm getting, yeah. I know what I'm getting, too. And yeah. mine, I, I'll i say this about my tattoo, I've never seen it. I've oh. never seen anyone have, on somebody? have the one that I'm going to get. 
I looked up a couple of what I'm going to get. I, 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 I'm You're sure, just killer. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have it. I'm not going to disclose it just, just yet. Not in this episode at all. So don't get your hopes up. Um, oh, come on, man. Shucks. Oh, come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. Reveal your tattoo. Come on. Pull up your sleeve. Let's see it. Pull up your pants and let's see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, you guys will know what we get once, once the episode airs. But that's um, going to be a pretty fun episode. It'll be fun. And, and, and Paul's in, too. Paul's in also. Yeah, so the three of us. And I actually am the one that introduced Paul to Ian. Ian's the oh. all- all of Paul's tattoos. Little little matchmaker you are. Uh, Cupid doth don his arrow, firing a, to the Weight Watchers tattoo parlor. He's a he's a matchmaker. He is. He a matchmaker you are. See, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm gonna put them together. I know a guy named Paul. I know a guy named, a guy named Paul. Both have sleeves. Go sleeves past both their arms. Can yeah, they call job killers. See. They really are. Yeah, they really are, see? It'll be the last job you ever have, see? <laughs> All right, so we're going to be doing that. I'm excited about that. Thank you for the email whoever wrote in last. Who was that again? That was Danny Taylor. Dan- All right. Danny Taylor, yes. Moving on. Moving on. Zachary Afel says, what's up, brothers? A newish listener, long, a lifelong fan. I'm on episode 175, MTV Icons with Commentary. Nice. Nice. I've been uh, online since before I can remember. My dad, who was a huge metal fan, and I'm sure played them for me first, but I really remember going fully online sometime around junior high. St. Anger was released the summer before my freshman year of high school. Kind of got instantly offline. Didn't hate it. We were merely freshmen. <laughs> Didn't hate it, but love the older stuff. Fast forward to today, I'm freaking. I'm a freaking huge fan of Load, Reload, Death Magnetic. My man. And Death Magnetic is a very important album for me as I was out of high school at that point um, and just jammed it on CD uh, for what seemed like years. I've been, on, I've been online, offline for some time, but more online than off. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of online, offline yeah, talk. Hey, hey listen. You gotta, the first I was on dial-up. See. It's got to be specific, man. <laughs> Get specific with the deets. That's right. Then I, was, I was on dial-up. Uh, then I was on DSL. Uh, then we had a landline. Yeah. This St. Anger came out, and we got a high-speed internet. Yeah, but it was still using Netscape. On my gateway. Of course. The box showed up, and it had spots like a cow. And they said, this is your gateway computer, and it opens up doors to other worlds. Right, like portals. Just like a portal. Then Death Magnetic came out. And so, yeah, so yes, I was offline, online, and then I was online while offline while baselining. Base, it's kind of like when you, you download something from Netflix to watch on an airplane, like you're online and offline. It's exactly like that. So I downloaded Death Magnetic. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> I'd love that sentence. I want to read it again. Okay. I have been, I've been, sorry, I, I got to do this kind of properly. I have been online, offline for some time, but more online than off. <laughs> Anyways, huge fan of the show. You guys are great. Much love, Zach Afel from Illinois. Awesome, Zach. Thanks, so good man. to hear from you, man. Yeah, and we're glad you. And crazy if he's. I don't know what newish how how long that means, but uh, pretty cool that he's. Let's just say newish is six months. 175 episodes in. It's pretty good. I'm telling you, man. We have some people out there who, by the way. I love dearly. Oh yeah, who burn through this shit quick? And man, I'm the same way, dude. When I find a podcast I love, um, I burn through it, man. What else am I going to do? Sure. Oh, have yeah. fun always. Have fun always. Have fun always. It's not that hard to understand. <laughs> it's not. That was me doing like the the, the clap. Like I know. it's not. Have that hard. fun always. Yeah, exactly. Put the abreve on things. <laughs> Save yourself some time for fun. 
if you put the abreve on things, you're going to have an immense amount of time to, to have fun always. Well, look, I know it doesn't seem like a lot in the moment, mm-hmm. all right? But it adds up, baby. It, it's like, listen. It adds I've, up. I've got, a, I've got a little coffee uh, tin back here that I just throw change in. Uh-huh. That's like abreves. That's safe. That's, oh. Every little bit helps. Eventually, that's that's going to fill up, and you take it to Coinstar at Kroger. You got like a hundred bucks, dude. That's like a hundred hours of dude, have fun always time. One day you wake up because the sun the sun has just caught the right angle through your window in your bedroom, and the, a little ray of vitamin D hits your face, and you wake up and you go, "Oh my god, I'm so well rested. God made a new day for me to frolic in." Yeah. And you come downstairs and you look in your coffee tin that you just throw change into, like the Abreves, like yeah. sort of a symbol of the Abreves. There's seven hundred dollars in there. Go to Coinstar at Kroger at Horny Kroger. Oh yeah. Or for you, Bourgeois, Publix. Publix. Does Publix even deign to have a Coinstar? <laughs> like we don't want riffraff bringing their goddamn bags of coins <laughs> in this bitch. Listen, I have no shame. Even even when I've been, you don't have no ta- change shame. Tangent. No change shame. No. Well, because like it, especially when you come home from tour, I, I have change. I tour. Tour. Remember that? Uh, I have this one little pouch in my backpack that I just put my change in. And <laughs> the end of a tour, it's like fucking heavy. And so yeah. I just put it in the I put it in the tin. Heavy with sauce. Heavy, heavy with, sauce. with heavy with you know turning that yeah. into some fun. Totally. I put it in there like the Reeves, and then I go to the coin star. I've done this while getting paid very well to tour with artists, and I'm still walking into Kroger with to the coin star machine like and then a couple Euros come out and stuff. Like yeah. I'm no shame. No coin shame. No coin shame. We're a non coin shame zone. No, 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 no. If you're a coin shamer, get the F out. I put the Abreve on fuck. Yeah, that's good. Well, you guess what you just did? You saved another coin. You saved some more time. Save some more time. And earmuffs. I didn't say fuck. <laughs> thank you, Zachary. Our next email is from James Gates. Hi, Clinton, Ethan. Uh, first of all, thank you for this podcast, which is the one and only Metallica podcast that I listen to. He says, so how did I get here? I'll be it very late to the party. Well, Metallica were my first love after hearing a tape of the Black Album belonging to my best mate. Me and my mates went to Donington 95, where I was excited not only to see Metallica, but to also see therapy, and I was pleased to find them for myself as I'd already been given lots of other bands by my mates. I don't know. I don't know this band therapy. Therapy with a question mark. I want to say it was in the suicidal tendencies, infectious grooves kind of fa- uh, family. Okay. So Robert Trujillo was the bass player. I don't know if he was. I I have to relook it up. I I, re- I haven't heard that name in forever. But he says then I had my head turned by Oasis, and after that was listening to both types of music. I would say I got off the ride after Saint Anger but still bought Death Magnetic, although I wasn't really on the ride at that point. Again, online, offline. Online, And being online and offline at the same time, sometimes. Yeah, while you're offline. He says, late last year, 2020, I read Joel McIver's book, which I borrowed from my best mate in 2015 that got me back on the ride again, hungry for more, as of course, at the end of the book, Jason had only just left the band. I was listening to to the Load albums on Spotify and consequently got the suggestion through Spotify for your podcast and began listening in December. Wow, they, su- so they Spotify, suggest us. Spotify actually does something. I guess. <laughs> I guess if you're listening to a bunch of metal or Metallica in this case, they, yeah, maybe there's an email that goes out or like it's suggested in your app where it's like, if you like this, you'll like this Look, offline. I was not prepared today to forgive Spotify for destroying the sanctity of recorded music. Mm-hmm. Pretty big grievance I have with them about that. But hearing that they're suggesting our podcast, guess what? All's forgiven. I mean, I, I, I don't about all is forgive, but um, <laughs> are you unforgive? I mean, yeah. So I dub the unforgive. Yeah. I mean, it's a basically a robot algorithm that is suggesting it. 
Well, death to the robots. Death to Smoochie, death to the robots. Okay. It says, I know the podcast has been going on since 2017, and I'm smashing through the boundary trying to catch up, although I think it's going to take me a year to catch up completely at a rate of five episodes a week. It'd be great if you could read out this email as it will be like a time capsule, which I will eventually get around to hearing and have a nice surprise. Surprise! Surprise! James! Ah! That's me, Kickabaster! <laughs> I got my white pedal singing the language of the damn the man! Um, um, it's Lars. I wish I, I wish I could do a Lars. You flush it out! You have to flush it out! He says, I love, supporting, I love the supporting characters on the podcast, particularly Dave, because Count to Extinction was my gateway album to Megadeth, and it's hard to forget Sweating Bullets, Torben, Pawpaw, and even Turner Duckworth. That's an old one. Obviously, things have changed a lot in the world since the podcast began, but add me to the beer and pizza list anyway. I live in the southwest of England, so Bristol and Exeter would be the nearest cities that you might come to. Thanks for getting me back on the ride with a band that featured heavily in my teenage years, but less so until recently. Your insight is great and makes the content really accessible. I'm going to become a patron as the podcast is now a regular fixture for me. Keep up the great work. James Gates, Taunton, Somerset, UK, and you guessed it, New New Jersey. Jersey. Oh, man. That's so awesome. That's really cool to hear, man. Thank you, James. Hey, James. James. James, can you hear us? Quiet. Quiet. It's Clinton Ethan from the future. Hey, we're from the future. From the future. Actually, we're kind of from the past now because we're on episode 500. Uh, but a lot of people said that cryptocurrency and like NFTs were the future. Yeah. Currency now is bones. It's bones. It's, it's, it's just bo- raw bone. It, it's, bo- it's bones and actual time is currency. Right. So, so that's why you got to put the abbreviate on it so you can be rich later. Yes. Got it? You, can't, a- you can't take it with you, James. It's not James, James. James. James, don't walk away. Don't walk away, James. This is our advice to you. If we're no longer here, listen. Have fun always. Have fun always, even you on Monday. You have to. Even on Monday. All right, we got to go now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Do we have another email, or is La- that it? Last email. Oh. Is that not on your page? Oh, I have it. No. Oh. I actually made these notes. <laughs> well, I just didn't know if my printer printed out something. Your weird. printer printed it out fine. Right, great. Uh, speaking of a brief, this is from Frankie, but I'm going to call Frank. We're in a tonight. We are in a mood. I'm feeling silly. <laughs> So silly. Uh, Frankie says, hello, Ethan and Clint. New subscriber here. Cool. A lot of, lot of newbies tonight. Um, first off, uh, I'd, love to see a commu- I'd love to see a community that enjoys talking metallic as much as I do. I have a question for you. San Anger initially was definitely not my fa- a favorite of mine at face value, but I feel that some kind of monster documentary truly added a layer of understanding, which allowed me to listen with the more, pers- more perspective of what they were thinking. My question is, in some crazy dimension where Metallica archives archives exist aplenty, which album would you have liked to have seen uh, the Some Kind of Monster-style documentary? For me, it'd be Ride the Lightning. Man, I got to agree. It's Ride the... Uh, well, that's, sorry, that's what Frankie... Frankie's would be Ride the Lightning. I, I was just going to agree with him because everyone knows who listens to our show that there's some very special, magical place that that album belongs in for me. Sure. I don't know why almost. Yeah. But... You know what I would really like to see the deep dives on? Uh, you know. The Black Album. No. Because <laughs> there wasn't enough about that. Uh, the, uh, load and Reload. Load and Reload. Yeah. <clears throat> there's like a there's like a 30-minute little documentary where they're at the plant making it. Yeah. And like, you, there's like footage of them playing Ronnie and Memory Remains. and It's real chill. Yeah, it's sure. It's not immersive at all. And it was no year and a half life of Metallica. I mean, that was a full-fledged studio doc, you know, and, and tour doc. But, but other than that, ri- Lightning, for sure. What about you? I think I'd have to go with Justice. Hey, yeah. Well, only because I feel like it's a 
it's not a heavily documented record. Not, neither is Puppets. And Puppets, too, yeah. Um, but actually, none of them are until Black Album. And, well, and, and even for me, even even looking up stuff about Justice over the years of doing this podcast, it's like, there's just a lot of, not a, even lot, not a lot of photos out there. No. Yeah, like there's, like, there's like this one photo of Lars's drum kit, which is just even more massive than you'd imagine. It, and It makes me think of puppets, too. Or like where the, the one photo that's just emblazoned in my mind, it's like one of the ones you see, is where James is wearing a Mr. Bubbles t-shirt. Oh, and like leaning against the console, I think? Yeah, it was like a few from that day. Yeah. There's like one with him holding a, and he's playing, and he has a white Jackson V. Yeah, And it's the puppet that. sessions. And, yeah, I mean, and there's a bunch of, you know, there's a lot more photos that did resurface in that Master Puppets book yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, the front, killer book. Exactly. Um but yeah, I mean the the Justice era is just so interesting because it was like that last era of like the you know the old school Metallica and those songs are just so wild. I would just I, I would love to see it if it was a documentary about the writing process and the recording and even mixing, um, and even just touring it. The, the, the really the, the some kind of monster treatment, I guess, with a little uh, black album documentary sprinkled in there. Man, yeah, you're right. Like. The Justice recording is, seems very mysterious. Because even all that weird shit that I didn't even, I don't know if I knew about before the book, but that like Mike Klink was with them for a few yeah. months. And they, they, they were hiring Mike Klink because I mean, of Appetite. Because of guns. And like Mike Klink even still has engineering credits on, I think, Harvey. He has like drumming engineering credits because they got, they kept some of the engineering that he yeah. did. Well, I think he also has credits, I want to say his credits on like some of the B-sides too, like Bread Fan. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. What else was that? Was it The Prince? The Prince. Yeah, that was the other one. Man, I think we're just so used to from actually even after Black Album, they didn't document that much until Saint Anger. Yeah. So and then, of course, after that, I mean, it was just they're all constantly filming at HQ for stuff. And then know? now we see so much. We see yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, wild. at this at this point with like Death of Magnetic, you can watch the writing process. Yeah. You know, which I imagine is kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Frankie did ask another question that I left off the notes, but I figured since we're just really uh, having a nice time, yeah, he asked if if you could get in a DeLorean. And uh-huh. go back in time. Okay. Like some of our favorite characters have done. Yes. And you're next to the tour bus with Metallica, and Kirk and Cliff are getting on the bus with a pack of cards. Oh, no. Would you, would you, what would you do if you could alter? So I, I can't choose to not go there. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, like I don't want to mess with the space time continuum. Yeah. In an alter, I don't, I don't want to come back to an, an alternate 2021. It's um, a tough question. That is a tough question. Um, and, and guess who lives under that question more than anyone is Kirk. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I, I I mean, I would obviously try to save anyone's life I could. I don't think I would. If I would have that power. Yeah, and I don't, and, okay, okay, hypothetical, we're there, right? Yeah. And, and, and we know the future. Right, we know what's going to happen. Um, I would, rather than like saying like, hey, like don't pick that card or whatever i would say hey don't drive that bus tonight yeah exactly just don't do that and then pew, gone but and what if you were like hey guys don't ride the bus and they're like what are you talking about who are you get out of here future man yeah i would like do something crazy i'd like slash the tires they're like why like what is this even why you have a metallica shirt that says sad but true what does that even mean <laughs> but here's the deal here's what i learned a long time ago from a little philosoph- philosophical uh series of films called final destination mm-hmm. death waits for no man and That's you right. can't you can't cheat you can't cheat fate. Yeah. And they're pretty clear about that in all twenty six movies. <laughs> I mean there's like nine of them. I don't know. There's a bunch. 
They're all the same. It's like Fast and the Furious. They just keep going. Exactly, right. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for the questions. We really appreciate it. You can send us an email, show at gmail.com. We'll get into some nutty shit. We'll read your name. We'll get you on the Metal Tales. Yep. We'll answer your goddamn questions. We'll go on tangents. We'll take, a, we'll take the fucking Japanese bullet train to Tangent City. Exactly. We'll get some characters involved. Any type of possible magic is available to you. All you got to do is clickety-clack your way and write in, baby. Let's get to the episode. Bye. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slaying castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show with a chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios. (laughs) All right, we are back, and guess what? It's time to uh, reveal our fantasy set list for the Louder Than Life Festival, night two. Night two. Now, okay, so there's a lot of speculation about, so these these Danny Wimmer Presents festivals, mm-hmm. these are those festivals that got canceled, you know, the right. summer that COVID happened. And uh, we were originally planning on going to this Louder Than Life, so it's, just, it's nice that it's coming full circle. We're going to be able to go, hopefully, unless we're working again. Um, but the whole thing was billed as two different sets. Yeah, unique sets. Two unique sets, both nights. Now, we were speculating... Are there just two sets total that they're going to do at each of these two-night festivals? Like the same two sets at Louisville, same two sets in Aftershock. Right. We don't know. Now, there's also all this hoopla happening this year about the Black Album box set. Yeah. So people are speculating that maybe they're going to play the Black Album front to back. Could be cool. Or back to front, whatever, you know, like they did on the, well, the anniversary tour. Ruined my set list. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I didn't do that either. And I made, like I said, I made mine fairly realistic, but also had fun with it. And we aren't going to spend too much time on this, but you can make your own set list. You can send it to Metal Up Your Podcast show at gmail.com. I'd love to see what everyone's got going on. For sure. I'm sure our, our homies over at the Discord are going to be putting it all there. Uh, if you want to get connected with the Discord, you can find the link to that on our Instagram page, or you can just reach out. In whatever way that, you know, you can reach out through DMs on the socials, or you can just tag us in something on the socials, or you can email us. We'll get you a link to it. You don't have to do anything to be on the Discord. Yeah, just put it, get a username going and start exactly. chatting. Now, who's going to go first? Um, I'll volunteer. Okay, great. Why not? Um, so walk me through, obviously, the songs, but also maybe a little bit of the the, the flow, the journey. Right, well... Set, I, set some of it up for me, because I kind of took some time to, like put a flow into mine yeah me too i okay. did i did uh i'll say this um before you and i were texting to discuss the specifics of what we were doing i went ahead and made a set list for both nights right 
Uh, I can maybe read that later or post that later. No one needs to do that now. But um, And we based this, by the way, on the 15-song set that they did at ACL. Yeah. So this is their festival set link. So this isn't like a headlining show. Right, yeah. So it's a few songs less, right? It's three songs less than they normally do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They normally do 18 songs? 18 was what I originally did for the two set lists. But um, yeah, we narrowed it down to 15 or 16, I think. 16, 16. that's right. And uh, yeah, I I went at it uh, a little more realistic. Like, of course, right away where I'm like, ooh, unique set list. Maybe it'll be all deep cuts. It's like, you're playing a festival. Yeah. You're still going to play right. the big songs. Yeah, exactly. You're still going to play puppets. You're still going to play Inner Sandman, all right. that stuff. Right. So, you know, of course those things are included, but um, I, like you, I wanted to have some fun always. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I considered flow. I even compared like um, a couple previous festival set lists and kind of saw that flow. And like, okay, I need to kind of come down here, you know, much like we would make our own set list if we were playing, you know, a Lunar Satan show. Absolutely. Um, so, with that said, okay. I'll get into it. Picture this. Lights go down. Mm-hmm. Ecstasy of gold first. What? I know. No, get it, out. You said this was realistic. Isn't that crazy? So, of course, that goes without saying. Ecstasy of gold is going to be you know, the intro music. Um, I didn't have them opening with Hardwired. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, good, because um, I feel like that era is kind of done. I wonder if they're going to see it that way, too. Like, time to move on, babe. Maybe. However, I do have a song from that album opening. I have them opening with Moth into Flame. Wow. Just, I mean, that's a great intro. Hell yeah. That'd be, be awesome. You know? That would be killer. Um, yeah, Moth into Flame. I mean, it's a banger song. It's, it's, it is like probably the mainstay that's going to happen of that record, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so I have that. And so maybe some noobs that aren't, aren't, aren't hip to the new, newest Metallica record might be like, I don't know this song really. So right into that, one, two banger, really three or four, but. One, two, banger into Creeping Death. Okay. Could not put Creeping Death on there. Okay. So, of course, that doesn't get played every single show. You know, like one does or something. But It should. It should. But, uh, you know. In my opinion, Creep is like Sabatrue, For Whom the Bell Tolls, one, right. Sandman. I think Creep should be played at every show. I think so, too. But there's times where it doesn't. But, yeah, but they don't. Fine. They don't do it every time. Right. But I thought just like come out of the gate, Moth into Flame and Creeping Death. Good one, two, punch. Then, because moth ends, they do the double time, yeah, right away, yeah, awesome. You hear that, that splash, that not splash, but like open hat count, yes, totally. And then, keeping it, keeping it up, up top here, uh huh, going back all the way to kill them all into four horsemen. This is where my uniqueness comes in, okay. So, I mean, I'm thinking just like coming out of the gate real strong, yeah, just on 10, moth into flame, creeping death, four horsemen. Bring it down a notch. We're not into like ballad territory yet. Okay. But we're coming down a notch. Room of the Bell Tolls. Yeah. You got to play that. No problem. So, you know, you got that. It's, you know, swung, slower tempo. And you got to imagine, so that's about 20 minutes in. So here's what I'm imagining is happening to a, to a couple different, so let's say there's the audience member who's like us, diehards. Yeah. We're loving it. Audience member, though, who's maybe a casual they're after 20 minutes into this they're going this is pretty fucking good right and, and, and this is a good set maybe i didn't know that first song as well but creep into bells and creep four horsemen bells pretty good sauce i mean really good sauce now maybe i don't know if you call this a mistake or not i didn't really put i called it a mustaine a mustaine uh no, <laughs> you guys should have played the mechanics um I, I i don't put any massive metallica song until like number seven but I feel like what you already have massive Metallica songs. Well, creeping death. Well, I, I, I'm talking it to the casual fan. Okay, 
But to me, a ca- to me, a casual fan is like, yeah, I probably heard Bells. I definitely know the Black Album. Yeah, I don't. I don't fuel. Yeah, that's right. A, a casual fan pre Black Album is gonna know Master of Puppets and One. Yeah, maybe Seek and Destroy, Creeping Death, maybe. I don't even know if ca- a casual. Yeah. Like hard rock guy that likes Black Album that likes Inner Sandman. Here, here's the the casual who maybe doesn't own all the albums but has a Black Album. And if Sabbath Truth on the radio, they're like, oh hell yeah, yeah. Do they know Creeping Death? I don't. I don't know. know. Maybe I don't know. We're blinded well, by our, our, our fandom. Maybe so. Um, so this is where I get the more that more unique side coming in because in my mind I'm thinking like they're going to pull out maybe pull out a couple tunes that they don't play that often. Some deep deep cuts. So here's my first, like, I would consider deep cut. Unforgiven 2. Yeah. Awesome. So mid, kind of more mid-tempo from the bell tolls, then slow it down with Unforgiven 2. Then we ramp it back up to what, they, what used to be the number two slot, the whole tour, Atlas Rise. Okay. <clears throat> Going to Atlas Rise. Finish that. And then we get Do You Want Heavy. Mm, sad. Sad but true. Comes next. Okay. Then we get to, I know, one of your favorite records. They don't give a lot of love to load. Okay. Then we have until it sleeps. Love it. I mean, I wanted love it. At first, I was like, I mean, if they're going to do something from there, they're going to do memory remains or fuel. But but from reload though. From reload, yeah. And so I thought, you know, the load contenders would be King Nothing first of all. Yeah. And then sleeps. I wouldn't even think two by four ain't my bitch. No, no, they don't. They only played. They well, they played ain't my bitch a lot, but I would say the three. Well, maybe four. I would put him in this order of likelihood: King Nothing first, mm-hmm. then Outlaw Torn because they played it yeah. at S and M. Yeah, true, true. Um, but not maybe not maybe not for a festival too long. Yeah, but then Sleeps or Hero. Yeah, or Bleeding Me. Well, listen, I thought of you, and I thought, man, if Clint's going to be there and here's until it sleeps, he's going to lose it. Let's just say I can't wait to read my list. Okay. Um, then next, I wanted to give some love to Garage Inc. Turn the page. Okay. I thought that would be one of the bigger hits for casuals. Totally. And it's kind of, you know, the song's about being on the road and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, we're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> East of Omaha. Is it a woman or is it a man? I'm tumbleweed run. <laughs> I'm not sure. They come in off the highway, mm. strung out from the cold with a tumbleweed in your underwear. So th- so the, the those two in the next one, this, this little three punch here is kind of the, you know, somewhat deep, not deep cuts all, f- fully, but surprises. Okay. So it sleeps, turn the page, Orion. Oh, nice. A little vocal break. A little vocal break for James, you know. And this is kind of in the set, oops, excuse me. This is kind of in the set, uh, a few that I looked up in the past where if they're going to throw an instrumental in there, this is kind of where it is. Um, in the, kind of in the middle? Yeah, I was looking up at a random show from, I think it was 2018 or, or maybe 17, where they did Cthulhu, you know, around this spot in the set. So, yeah, vocal break for James. Diehards are stoked because they mm-hmm. really they don't play that song that often. Mm-hmm. But then now we get now we get into like banger world or just popular song world. Okay. Then next I put what num- number song are we on? I didn't number that. Oh, okay, that's, Three, four, that's five, okay. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, here's number eleven. Nothing else matters. Okay, early, early ish. We're we're nearing the end of the main. Well, set. that's true. That's true. I, I guess I always think of it as last. You know. Next to last song. When I kind of feel like Orion, I mean, they're, they're, it, Orion gets pretty rocking towards the end. Yeah. But overall, it's pretty mid-tempo, so I figured let's bring it down. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Um, and then, normally, in, in you know, on the Hardwire Tour, it's Nothing Else Matters into Sandman always, yeah. right? 
This one, it'll be like, you know, James holding out that feedback. Mm -hmm. And then that fades out. And I'll see here. One. And then one. Awesome. So we go from one and then to cap off the main set, puppets. Wow. That's really cool. Just really fuck people up in those last two. Yeah. Right? Then Encore was a little tough for me. Okay. Because it's like, okay, do we do the normal thrash? Thrash slot, which I did, but I'm like, which one do I do? Um, at one point, I had I had um, Inner Sandman ending the main set, but it's a festival, so it's like, man, are people, you know, are, 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 is a quarter of the crowd going to start taking out? Who knows? So what I did was I went with Blackened because that's what I would want to hear, mm-hmm. even though I've never seen Spit Out the Bone live. Mm-hmm. But we already have two hardwired songs on here, sure. so I got Blackened, The Unforgiven. Wow, Unforgiven is. In the encore, in the sandwiched in the encore. Well, I replaced. You know, normally that that slot is, is nothing, a, else matters. nothing else matters, right? Yeah. But I thought that would be an awesome, uh, you know, you know, just huge song in the encore, and then of course ending with Enter Sandman. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Sure, because I know they're going to do that. Um, That's a really great set list. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, on my, on my when I did when I did two of them, I didn't have Enter Sandman ending either. One of them I did, Enter Sandman ending the main set, and then the other one's Enter Sandman starting the encore. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's hear yours. All right, strong. Well, we have several overlaps. Okay. Um, I don't have... It's interesting, because you have some songs that are big, but I don't think a festival crowd's going to know. I definitely have songs on here that a festival crowd will know. Sure. Um, they also happen to be some of my favorites, because I'm a basic load-reload bitch. Of course, yeah. People say that to me. People shout that to me in the streets when they see me. Like, like is a, that Clint? He's a, a basic, basic load bitch. Exactly. Um, but I am surprised by how similar uh, how similar our lists are in terms of like energy and feel and vibe. Okay. okay. So uh, I also don't have us opening with a hard with uh, with hardwired. Okay. I have us opening with blackened. Ooh. Harkening back to the Neems gig, you it's a great intro. Yeah. And just you're just coming out, and that's a song where even if people don't know, they're like, holy shit, you're just pummeled by it. Yeah. Exactly. And then. Exactly like yours, right into creep. Ooh, yeah. One two punch. That's a good one two punch as well. And then also like you, my number three song, old school, kill 'em all days, hit the lights. Hit the light. I almost chose hit the lights, but Westman's probably a better choice. But I would rather hear hit the lights. I mean, I did. I mean, selfishly, I chose four horsemen. Yeah, I just love that song. All right, then I believe in your slot four, you went bells. You went classic. I went bells. Yes. For four of me, I thought, man, black and creep hit the lights. That's a pummeling. Yes. So then I thought, all right, let's throw let's throw the '90s babies a little sauce. Okay. Until it sleeps. Ooh. You okay. hear that? Yeah. And then that's a song that people will know. Yeah, and, because and, of MTV. And it's and it's still a rocker. Like it's you it know, rocks totally yeah, rocks. Yeah. Five. I have a the, probably the biggest surprise on the list. Okay. Which is a cover from also I wanted to give some love to Garage Inc. Awesome. But I have Sabracadabra. Sabracadabra. That's that, That's definitely like a like a wish list. Totally. You know, for a set list. Wow. Uh I've been on a huge the album that that's on is called Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, which yeah. has just easily become my favorite Sabbath record. I'm fucking obsessed with it. So um Sabracadabra. Then I have to pay a little homage to our last episode, Through the Never. Nice. Little black album deep cut. Nice. Yeah. I mean that's a I'm sure that's a I've never seen it live, but man. 
I'm sure it's awesome. So I've kind of I've given the crowd about ten minutes of songs they might not know. You were at a festival. You got to be really delicate with those windows. Yep. So after through the never, I have a, a, a one two punch of black album, and we got Sabbath True. Oh, same slot. Every oh, is that really? Yeah. What's that? S- uh, seven for me. Yeah, same slot. So everyone in the crowd is bobbing their heads to fucking oh, yeah. Sabbath True. In fact, there was we were having a discussion on the Discord the other day where we were talking about. You know, people were wanting to hear deeper shit or like new songs, right? And they were like, "Yeah, get get rid of Sabbath True." And I was like, "I'm not getting rid of Sabbath no. True. I'd rather get rid of like five. I'd rather get rid of puppets than Sabbath True. Sabbath True is is such a good moment in the set because it's not thrash, it's not ballad, it's, it's groove and it's, it's powerful. Yeah, and everyone knows it and everyone loves it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Um, the Cashmere of the '90s, totally. Then after sad, I have another kind of dark horse, but I guarantee you this is another song that would be an absolute proud, an absolute crowd pleaser at a festival. I disappear. I had that on my list originally. Yeah, I, I, I nixed it. It was a big hit. It was. It a was big all hit. over MTV. People know that song. Yeah, they absolutely do. For now, sure. do, do all Metallica fans love it? I don't know, but I do. I used to not so much, but I do now. After I disappear, giving some love to the latest album, Moth in the Flame. Ooh, you, you opened go. with it, but I've got it in the set. So, that, it's, so that's the first hardwired song in your set? First and only. Only, okay. First okay. and only. Because yeah, I'm like, if the hardwired cycle is over, what's left? I mean, I, I think Atlas definitely is up there. Maybe the song Hardwired, maybe Spit. Maybe that's it. Halo on Fire? <sighs> maybe. Big, long, big, long, circuitous song. I don't I know. I love that song. Uh, but you know, but now that we're dead's gone, Juno Moore's gone. They right. never even played Man and Kind or. You can see I them Savage. still maybe doing in, in, like on an actual tour, still throwing and spit out the bone for the encore or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> After Moth, another bit of a deep cut, but not insanely unheard of. Okay. And this is the song I just wanted to hear. The thing that should not be. Oh, great. That'd be such a good heavy, heavy song for a festival. Number eleven, another kind of a bit of an indulgence. My apocalypse. Barnburner. Ooh, nice. Barnburner Thrash. Nice. They just do the sludgy thing that should not be. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it, let's remind this crowd that we can play fast. Yeah, totally. Number 12 might be the biggest, oh, no, not the biggest. Another big crowd pleaser. Okay. No Leaf Clover. Another one that was really tough for me not to put on the, on the list, but yeah. I, I, I kind of regret it now. Yeah. So they play No Leaf Clover, everyone's real happy, and then they end the main set, and this is the biggest indulgence of my entire okay. set list. Fixer. Wow. This is the most fun I had. That like, long of a I'm song for a my... festival. Well, they can do a shortened version. And it's and it's this main set ender. So it's just this epic stone yeah, rock yeah. debut. So here's what's happening. Casuals who are in the crowd who are mesmerized by the stoner groove, mm-hmm. they're also watching diehards around them shit their pants. Right. Yeah. So there's just there's a buzz going through the crowd where even the casuals are like, something's happening. Yeah. Because we're all like crying. Like, oh my God, they never play this. Well, we're like looking around going, this is the greatest treat of the last 20 years of seeing this band live. Right, yeah. Other than them like debuting Orion or something. Sure. Or Dire's Eve. Yeah. Okay. Um, or Freight Ends, right? Those are all big debuts. Mm-hmm. All right, so they go away. Bye-bye. Uh, you cue the guy going, but they didn't play Sandman. Well, well, surely they're not done. They come back out, all dark. Pew, pew, pew. One, awesome. That's a good encore comeback for sure. Yeah, because because then everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And after that, I do have Sandman. I have Sandman, the second encore song. Okay, okay. So the one-two punch of one and Sandman, they're two biggest songs. Yes. Um, and then I have the set ending on a more of a lighter note. It's a festival. 
We had a good time. Everyone chill out. Maybe even the house lights come on. They play Bread Fan. Oh, that's cool. Bye. Bye-bye. Just one quick more pummeling for you. And I can even see James going, one last thing. Bounty, 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 did it, did it. One last thing before we go. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. And then they play Bread Fan. So I um, I have a regret. Okay. Life-related or set list-related? Kind of, kind of both. <laughs> um, I think because I started off with two set lists, which I, I'd like to read real quick in a second. Okay. Um, but I left out anything from Death Magnetic. What the hell is no my problem? No Day That Never Comes. What is my problem? I'm guessing you would have played Day That Never Comes. Um, I actually didn't on, on... Let me read my other ones. All right, let's just hear for fun. So We're this d- was you doing a normal two-day set list. I did and a two-day. these two are day. two different sets, like... No repeat songs. Uh, there's repeat songs. Okay. Yeah, because they're gonna they're not gonna not play Inner Sandman right. one night or right. something. No, there, there's definitely repeat songs. But so I, here's what I had for night one at Louder Than Life. Obviously, Ecstasy of Gold for both. This one starts Atlas Rise, Hit the Lights, Rome, Until It Sleeps, Unforgiven Two, Moth into Flame, Creeping Death, Sabbath True, Turn the Page, No Leaf Clover, mm-hmm. Orion, Nothing Else Matters. Oh, this is also 18 songs, by the way. Right. Sorry. Uh, Orion, Nothing Else Matters, Fade to Black. Oh, one. Fuck, how did that put the black? I know. Damn. S- Sandman, then Encore, Dyer's Eve, The Unforgiven, Puppets. <laughs> I'm just I'm wearing out Metallica. Yeah, they're not playing Dyer's Eve. No, no, no. And then um then, then the next one was uh, Moth into Flame, Horseman, Creeping Death, Sanitarium. Ah. Unforgiven three. Wow. So there's my death magnetic. Yeah. Um From the Bell Tolls, Atlas Rise, Ain't My Bitch. Wow. Whiskey in the Jar, fun. Uh, Sabbath True, Call of Cthulhu. I had I had instrumental slots in the same slots. Yeah. I had cover slots. Yeah. Um. And then I had I Disappear. Nothing else matters. One puppets and then encore. Sandman, Unforgiven, Blackened. Wow. I'll tell you what I do think they're going to do. I, I I honestly do think their whole two unique sets thing is going to be just two sets with rotating slots. Yeah. Like like A deep cut slot. Like, like you know, bands that are, and I know Dan Cantor will be laughing when he hears this, but bands like Fish or Dave Matthews Band, when they play like 10 nights of unique sets, they don't repeat songs. Oh, yeah. Metallica has to repeat. The Metallica's yeah. not a band that's going to play two 90-minute sets without repeating shit. Right. They're, you're right. They're, they're not going to not play Sandman. Bye. That's over. I think even... I think it's going so to be what they did on the tour. I think, I think they're going to b- get away with just having like a thrash slot maybe a cover slot and then the the load load like night 1 will be fuel night 2 will be memory remains they're yeah. going to call those unique sets maybe a saint anger slot cuz they are unique sets they are unique sets but they're going to have sad moth one sandman bells yeah i just wonder though be- because they were hyping the whole u- unique setless thing last year then it got canceled and they're still like it's going to be unique Yes, they are you know unique from each other, but um, I don't know. I just I just and they have had a lot a lot of time to think about. Right, it. I I just kind of have some hopes that they're gonna like that they're really gonna pull out some cool stuff. No battery from you, I'm surprised. No battery. Now, again, that was tough. I mean, to go from two set lists down to one. <laughs> but you didn't even have battery on your two set lists. Oh, uh, you're right. I didn't. Correct. That's surprising to me. Well, it was tough because I was looking at at one point. I had like four songs from Puppets, and it's like well, that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, yeah, like on one of them, it's like you got puppets, you know, you have um, sanitarium. I think I was trying to do at least two from like the main records and then like one from Kill 'em All, one from Garage Inc. No San Anger on ours, though. Here are the songs that I cut when I, I kind of made a quick little list of like 20. Mm-hmm. 
and or maybe 19. So I and some of these are ridiculous. Um, I cut Helen back. I thought Helen back would be cool, which we're going to listen to that here in a second. Yeah, Helen back is the only song that they played after they debuted those the four songs from Beyond Magnetic. They played Helen back like 16 more times. Yeah, so obviously there was something clicking with that song. Sure. Um, so I had Helen back. I had better than you. Better than you. I had better than you. Grammy award list. winning. Grammy award winning. Better than you. But that had to go. And then I I did have Dirty Window, but it had to go. Okay. When I when I couldn't make like when it was like better than you or fucking. Through the Never Sabbath True, it was like, I, or Dirty Window, I mean, instead mm-hmm. of Sabbath True. It's right. like, no, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, totally. Like, I, nothing on my list was I willing to give up for Dirty Window. Yeah. Although Dirty Window would be really cool to see. It would be cool. But you're right. If they do have a St. Anger slot, it's going to be Frantic or St. Anger. Yeah, it will for sure. They're not going to play Dirty Window. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 well, no, no. That was fun. Send us your list. Metal Podcast Show at gmail.com. Let's listen to uh, Beyond Magnetic. I'm excited. I haven't listened to it in a while, and uh, I'm ready to burn it down. Let's do it. Ooh, yeah. All right. So, leading off with Hate Train, this has been performed one time, like I mentioned before, at the 30th anniversary gigs on December 5th, 2011. And, uh,. Like most of Death Magnetic, here we go starting here. Like most of Death Magnetic, it's co-write between all four of them. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about earlier, right off the bat, these aren't just tossed out in the trash songs. Yeah. Like, this just starts off and kicks you in the face. Yeah. And it sounds Death Magnetic-y. Yeah. Great riff, by the way. Oh, that's an awesome riff. Yeah, I love that riff. Got a solo up top. I always like that. Oh, yeah. No remorse style. No remorse style. Fade to black style. Uh, trapped also, right? Uh, yes, I think so. I got to say, though, I wouldn't have done this second part of the solo. I would have yeah. gotten right into it. Yeah, you're probably right. And then it's back to the riffs, like still no singing. It's a totally different riff now, too. That is a different riff, yeah. I think Hetfield, I mean, on these songs and on Death and Magnetic, really came in hot with vocals in a good way. I just mm-hmm. wish there was more sauce on them, like we've talked about in the past. Yeah, everything's still pretty dry. Like I love the delay and the effects of his voice on Moth and the Flame. Yeah, that would sound so good on these songs. Yeah. To boil the seas. Yes, of Goshen. <laughs> Fuel. That's like the fuel riff. Yeah, you're right. This, I love this part. These songs are so well thought out. I it's know. insane. This, this is where there needs to be sauce. On that vocal, it should be kind of ambient almost, you know? Yeah. And even the guitars are just so dry. But I've always loved this part. Man, this is such a cool section. Yeah. Down into the 
That was kind of a unique chord progression for them, that descending yeah, thing. For sure. And cool and, and like a, a thrashy kind of song to have like a down chorus with clean guitars. Yeah, too. it's kind of like Unforgiven. I'm enjoying this song more than I ever have. Really? I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, this is a great song. Every once in a while, I put it on in the car, and I'm like, God, man. Th- like This one actually, uh, I think of the, these four, this one surprises me the most that it wasn't on Death Magnetic. Like, this one seems to fit the best. Hmm. IMO. <laughs> BRB. How can I be lost? <laughs> Maybe that was a reason too similar. To go. It sounds like Unforgiven 3. Yeah, it does have that Doesn't vibe. It? Yeah. Maybe that was like, yeah, this is too similar and Unforgiven 3 is definitely better. Maybe so, yeah. That's a good point. I love going down that half step chord. I, I don't. That's pretty cool. And I love the imagery of hate as a train. Yeah. Here's a question. Would you rather have this on Death Magnetic over Suicide and Redemption? Would it would it mm. change the whole record experience for you, or is it kind of like, eh? I mean, Suicide and Redemption is easily my least listened to song. I mean, same, yeah. That's I would what, probably rather have this. I would. I will say, though, Suicide and Redemption is underratedly badass. Oh, there's a lot of great parts it in that song, badass, for sure. Ass, but Speaking of badass, this part... Oh, a little harmony. This song is fucking sick. It's great. It must be hard to not put out something this good. Although, this is why they put it out. Yeah. They I don't like it. to actually put it on the record. I guess it's kind of like a compromise. And they don't have scraps. They don't have leftover songs. No, not usually. As it, far as I know, this is like the only leftover material they have. Except for like Lords of Summer. Yeah. Well, that wasn't even leftover. Right. Because right. they wrote that before... And like Vulturous and the new song yeah. or whatever. Ooh, I love this sludgy stuff. So he's doing like the first verse, but over right. the sludge. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. See, here's another thing. That guitar siren thing is in the My Apocalypse solo. Yeah. I think there were just too many things in this that were like, it's just too... It's too similar to other shit. Yeah. Kind of a weird chaotic solo from Kurt, like in a... like Not not fast, but like a... But he does that ambulancey siren thing at the end yeah. of My Apocalypse it's solo. Him, that's him doing the metal police sound. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. That's a nice 90s, yeah. Oh, I forgot it goes up high right there. This is great. I love when that changes right there. Yeah, so that's the normal down part. Yeah. Yeah, really cool rhythmic stuff happening. I love it, yeah. Pretty bitchin' lyric too. You took away tomorrow and still I stand. Yeah. 
That's some bitchin' shit you can say to, like, your Comcast guy. Exactly, man. Man. Such a freaking banger of a tune, man. I, I love that as much as I ever have. I know. Just to bowl it away. All right. Well, I'll refer you to uh, Alpha Metallica, an episode I did with Tom Quay. I can't remember what I said about this song. <laughs> it gets weird right here. Or also, it, only kick- played once, December yeah. 7th, again at the 30th anniversary gig. Cool. There's a weird drum beat that comes right there. It's just weird that there's just a... He's just hitting the eighth note crash. There's just a crash kind of by itself. It's just kind of odd, but... Like an overdub? No, that's part of the beat, but there's no there's no guitar or bass happening right there. So it's kind of just, just random... Psh- I mean, this is kind of classic Metallica gallop. Yeah. Well, right before I said that. To me, that sounds very St. Anger. Yeah, it does. That riff right there. Wow. Awesome riff. They're so sick, man. Pretty rad. I just want a little, like, you know, room room verb know. on the drums. I know. A little bit of, little bit of space there, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember not liking that part. Yeah. It's a little weird. Sounds like he's saying Midnight Revival. Yeah. That low Rob bass note, kind of five string or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some harmonies would have been nice. Yeah, harmonies. Little, little, you know, little sauce in the vocals. A little bit of verb, maybe some delay on certain parts. And again, like the rest of the Death Magnetic record, no doubling. Yeah, no doubling. It's just yeah. a single vocal, yeah. The guitar sound bitching, though. Yeah. I mean, these sessions were really Justice Part 2. I mean, they were going for it as far Big as time. technicalities, uh, time signature changes. Big time. All that stuff. It's definitely their second most progressive album. The, the, the Death Magnetic era. Yeah. I don't think this chorus is super strong. Like, I love the verses. Yeah. Like, the, all this shit is so fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. But that chorus... It's a little weak. A little weak. Suck, suck, maybe, suck. Yeah. It's just time to... Well, that was even just a pre, but just like the just a blow it away stuff. Yeah, like this stuff is killer. Revival. Yeah. I love that melody too. That's a really weird melody. Even. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, 
Is the chorus just him saying just a bullet away? Is that it? He says just a bullet away from leaving you. It seems like after after the... It's right here. Right. There's not really a, a definitive chorus, though. Yeah. There you go. And then no, that's this is. Oh right, there's a whole next section. At first, I thought I was like, I remember the song being so short. Then they do this big left turn. Yeah, big clean guy. There's some verb on that. Like that sounds cool. In the sands of time. <laughs> In the sands of time in a DeLorean. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, then we go to three. Psychedelic. Four. We're in like deep purple psychedelia. What was the same thing that you're before? Uh, uh, mostly four four. <laughs> but it was swung. This isn't six eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, one. Wow. Or you can do one, two, three, one, two, three, but it's three, this four. is six eight. This is definitely six eight. Which is very rare for them. Yeah. Nothing else matters isn't six eight. Yeah. This is so weird for them. I love it though. Metallic. It's really cool. Like I wanted to hear that more. Well, they left you wanting more, baby. In the shine of a midnight revival. I wonder if it was a trip relearning these songs for those 30th anniversary shows. I bet it was. They're like, oh, we're really going to do that? Like, crap. And then they're back in. Yeah. What a cool little detour. So odd, but I really dug it. That almost that whole section almost might have sounded cool if it was like the intro. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a pretty big gap right there before it goes into that part. This solo is awesome, too. Classic Metallica. Big interlude. Classic third verse. And the verse. Love it. That's kind of cool. It's hooky. It's hooky for sure. It's just kind of weird. Suck, suck till it's dry. It's just a little sexual innuendo, I guess. Yeah. Very mechanics of them. Yeah. I'll say. (laughs) I wrote just a bullet away. You know, most people don't know that. I was a ghost rider on Death Magnetic. A ghost rider. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Helen back is coming up. Okay, Helen back. Let's take a look at this one. We're going to take a look. Perform with our ears. Sixteen times. Last August eleventh, twenty twelve. I love this creepy riff up top. Yeah. Kind of cool that it's just Lars and James and, and, and Rob doing the bass too. Oh uh, yeah. Then they come in, but. They're doing those power chords with the fifths in them. Yeah. That's like the Weezer trick. Your favorite band. I love it. 
Dude. Groove. Groove so home. good. And I think this lyric, I mean, pay attention to this lyric. I mean, he's definitely talking about, I think, sobriety demons. Yeah. He's talking about being left alone and going to hell and back. It's kind of a pre- precursor to Halo on Fire. Right. And I love that barely broken up tone. Yeah. Like, just roll the volume knob off. After everyone goes home, she's still there for me. Yeah. He's talking about passion fruit vodka. I think so. (laughs) Not much good comes out of this light. Yeah. I like that part. There's so many little things like this that are like... Like Metallica doesn't like this is very Metallica right here, but that halftime big chord thing, they don't mm-hmm. do a ton. Like Yeah, it's kinda like it reminded me of like early aughts punk rock kind of yeah, like Exactly. This. Yeah, you like like a band like taking back stay up all night, Dad. Right. <laughs> like taking back Sunday would do something like this. Right. I'll go to hell and back, Dad. By the way, I don't ever want to do a deep cut dive on any of these songs. <laughs> this one's pretty we easy. We have to. We have to, but there's some stuff in there I'm like, Dude, uh, wait, wait till we get to Rebel of Babylon. Oh, God. It'll be fun. It will be fun. There's just going to be more that will take a little more prep. This part is so ominous and creepy and awesome. I know. God damn it. I love these songs. They're good. I mean, as whole songs, they're fucking awesome. There's just like little parts in there I'm like, I don't love that. 20 second part I know you know but and again that's why they maybe didn't make the album yeah I feel my darkness grow within dad I will stay up past midnight <laughs> you can't make me do my homework, Dad. That's easily one of my favorite riffs on this whole thing. That kind of groove. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, da. yeah, love yeah. it. Cool double kick. Yeah. Yeah, this riff is awesome. Kind of load reload era. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like Bad Seed. Yeah, man. Kind of cool little change up. Run straight to hell and back. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. A turned around beat thing. A little swingy. That sounds like um, ah, on Death Magnetic. There's a part. It's it's tough to think about while I'm listening to this. 
Yeah. What's that on? Um, it broke my apocalypse or I don't know. I can't it's, remember. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard listening to this. Again, but my point being, another part that maybe yeah. sounded too similar. Yeah. Don't email. <laughs> email Ethan J. Luck at. At Actually, email Tom Quee at alphabetalk.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ryan Downey at speakanddestroy.net. Exactly. Yeah. I'm telling you, Kurt kicked ass in this era. Oh, he totally did. Well, he, I mean, he had a lot of, lot of you know, bent-up aggression. From St. Anger, yeah. yeah. I didn't do any solo. A solos. lot of anger. What'd you say? Love is control. For I'll die if I let go. I mean, it's pretty cool though that they were they were psyched enough about these songs to officially put it out. Well, because listen to, I mean, these are like. I mean, this isn't like the Presidio sessions. No, this, I mean, hell this is no, yeah. badass shit. Yeah, and it's a whole other half hour of Metallica music. Like, this definitely isn't "We Did It Again," <laughs> right? But yeah, like this isn't Dead Kennedy rolls. Like this is like finished songs, it's totally finished, yeah. fully realized with written solos. Yeah. What's cool about this era with Kirk is it has that kind of blast Kirk stuff that he did a lot of Hardwired. Yeah, but I think there's just more intention behind it, right? He was proving proving again why he's the lead guitar player in Metallica. Yeah, for sure. Like I think he had something to prove. Yeah, on the album. Oh, for sure he did. A little bluesy slash. Well, and, and not only that part's rad, and not, not only the lack of solos on Saint Anger, but I mean, think about he hasn't had crazy complex solos since the Black album. Everything was a lot yeah. more. There, there's some awesome fast stuff on Load and Reload. Yeah, yeah, but, but you're it's right. more blues based. Yes, there's not a lot of metal. I mean, this was like you know, this is like 15 years in the making or, or more. You know. All right, Rebel of Babylon played so one time December 10th, 2011. For the next 52 minutes. <laughs> Some have speculated that this is about Lane Staley. Okay. Great intro already. Rebel, grip your bottle tight. Just float away. Rebels, it hard to leave what makes you stay. Go take your poison ink, sign life away, then take your dirty spoon and dig your grave. Dirty spoon. Yeah. Has kind of an outlaw feeling here at the top. Yeah. A lot of attitude in that vocal. Yeah, there is. It's cool. He did that same thing that happened in Hate Train with that major chord. Yeah. Check this groove out. And then they can repeat the first verse over this. Or like once it gets heavy. Yeah. It's very justice-y. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. 
Man, that right hand is quick. Yeah, that's as fast as anything on the album. That's like my apocalypse fast. Yeah, for sure. All Nightmare Long. It's faster than I'm All Nightmare Long. Different kind of chorus for them. Again, it's that kind of punk rock. Yes. Weezer chords. I love it. Yeah, like total vibe change. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Sabbath. It's very Sabbath. Yeah. Rebel of Avalon almost sounds like a medley of songs. Yeah. Much like Ronnie Rising. It's interesting. I was watching the making of it. I think it was Spit. Yeah. And when they're trying to figure out what it is, James is like, this song just feels like a medley to me. Yeah. Of like three songs. And Lars is like, no, we, it's going to work. We're going to do this and that. And James is like, maybe. It just sounds like three songs to me. Like he's just kind of giving up. A little bit, just, or, or skeptical. I, I think he was just starting to voice like, "This may be, we may have bitten off more than we can chew." Yeah, or, or maybe you're trying to force something yeah, that can't right. come out. Well, because hey. it all ultimately rests on his shoulders melodically to like tie it all together. Yeah, and glue for it sure. With like a melody, absolutely. Otherwise, it's suicide and redemption, which is honestly as badass as it is. Probably one of the most forgettable Metallica songs. It is. Yeah. There's no nothing lyrically tying it together, and it doesn't have the yeah. the harmonic melodic power of like Cthulhu or Orion yeah I agree agreed. something about his alma mater Another part. I mean, it's it's. I would say one of Metallica's most ambitious songs for sure. For sure. Like, how can we select Metallica and Rush at the same time? <laughs> yeah, there's like definitely some Sabbath and Rush in there. That's cool. God damn it. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, not listening to this that often, I'm continually surprised by it. I wonder if you can do the thing that you did for Death by Night at the time where you just put a little bit of verb on it and then send Room it to verb? me. Sure, I can do that. You've done that before, right? I did that with Death by Night. Put yeah. a little bit of verb in there? I actually, I think I, I someone gave me years ago. And then you do what, like a faux master? Well, someone gave me a copy of Death Magnetic Unmastered from Guitar Hero or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just put a generic mastering plugin on it and then I added some verb to it I wonder if you could do that to this EP yeah I, I just did like a room verb yeah you That's know nothing crazy yeah 
I mean, I'd love to have control over the stems of James's vocal. Right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's an Iron Maiden harmonies right there. Another, this is wild. It's wild, man. God, those pick scripts are heavy. Oh, God. Another change. Like, I mean, it's just like eight different parts. I wonder if they mapped this out with a click in the studio or if they just... I'm sure they did. I mean... I'm sure they did. I mean, they're as tight as it gets, but I'm sure they had to map it out with it. Yeah. That right there just immediately goes fast again. I wish they would uh, re-release this on vinyl. I know. Yeah. It only came out once, and it's pretty pricey. They'll you know? probably do it with the Death Magnetic box set, but that's... When that will be like 70? Yeah, we'll be 70. <laughs> Even though we're only in our, what, early 20s now? I mean, that'll be, what, 20, 2039? <laughs> when the 30th anniversary box set comes out? Yeah. Those dudes won't be alive, most likely. All the Metallica kids are going to be reissuing. I do wonder if they'll kind of start expediting the process after the Black Album. Maybe. Like, maybe once a year after that. Yeah, I don't know. Those two take a while to put together, I'm sure, but... But again, though, like after Load and Reload, to me, it's like, do we need a box set of St. Anger? Yeah, we do. Because there, as Mike told us, there's just a lot of that material laying around. Yeah. You know? If they could like put put that material together and like package it and like make it cool instead of yeah. weird shit on YouTube where people just looped it. Right. He said there's so much material. I yeah, mean, I'm sure. Maybe that would be like the last one, though, because after that, it's like... Anything extra we're listening to right now from Death and Magnetic, it's not. No, but like I could see like a box set with. I mean, they recorded all the footage for the 30th anniversary shows. Yeah. So maybe it's like Blu ray of those shows and vinyl of that show. Well, there you go, by the way. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we kind of talked over the back half of that. It gets a little. It just gets a little hard to follow. There's so many parts in that song. I mean, there's tempo changes. And there's a few it, times on this record in this little batch of songs where. I mean, to James's credit, it's pretty experimental where he's he's established what the verse is yeah. melodically and like feel wise, and then when the song changes, he basically does another verse over like he does a whole verse that's the same structure, but it sounds different. He's singing it different with a different right. melody, so there's just not you lose some anchor points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I kind of in a ten minute song, I need some anchor points. I mean, that's a long. I mean, it's it's very bold to write a ten minute song in general. And this one does take you on a crazy ride. It's a big ride. But it starts to get a little uninteresting in the last two or three minutes. But, I mean, still, that's still a kick-ass seven minutes. Dude, I mean, I can tell you this right now. I'm going to listen to this on the way home. I'm going to listen to... I've been so... I've got such a jolt from listening to these four songs. I'm excited. But some some final analysis. um, There aren't any... Other than Hell and Back, which is the one song they played more than one time... There's no really strong choruses on this batch of songs, and that's. I still feel like Hate Train. Hate, hate Train took away tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking awesome. That's man. the best one. That may be yeah. why they led off with it. Maybe yeah. But when you can start comparing that to like choruses like "The Day That Never Comes," sure, yeah. 
and that was just your life and Unforgiven 3 you know like yeah even Cyanide has like a, just a great hooky chorus Cyanide's a great chorus um, All Nightmare Long great hook you mm-hmm. know yeah for sure so I mean I had a blast listening to it man I'm glad they released it me too I, I wish I... they had more like this yeah like if there was always like a couple extra tracks that they they're fully just finished of, yeah they're just not one of those bands no they go in and they may have gone in intending for these to be on the record like we're making a longer record yeah you know, it's going to be a double album or whatever. Um, but then that could have been the case. Or it might, or maybe Rick Rubin was like, hey, just write more than you're planning on. You guys never do that. So maybe- Rick Rubin's like, look, I'm going to check back in with you guys in 18 months right. for my 18-month check-in. Right. Uh, do you know, a little trivia for you here. Okay. The first ever released double album. Do you know that it was recorded in Nashville? The first double album ever? Yeah. It was recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Is Do it, you know who it was? Is it a country record? No. No? Um, first double album ever. I feel like I've looked this up in the past. It's not country. No. I very, feel, very famous I feel artist. Like, I feel like it's Bob Dylan. It is Bob Dylan. Blonde on Blonde. Awesome. Yeah. That was, the, that was the first double album. Yeah, first double album. Wow. 1966. So cool. So cool. Yeah. With, who, session, with session cats here. It's so insane. I wonder who the first triple album was. I know The Clash did one. Triple album. Triple album. That would have been in 1980. They did Sandinista. Hmm. A lot of songs. I mean, does, uh, I don't know enough about Rush. I don't hate Rush, by the way. I absolutely love I don't love know if Rush has actually Rush. even done a triple album. But have they done a double album? I mean, I think there's like a live albums that are double. But like that's famous the, double albums. T- the London who, Calling. Uh, uh, um, the Wall. The Wall. London Calling is my top, like, for sure. Melancholy. Melancholy is a double album. The Fragile. Uh, I, I would consider User Illusion a double album, even though they're released separately, but that was the intention, wasn't it, originally, or no? I mean, if that's a double album, then Load and Reload are double albums. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was fun. I had a good time. I'm also tired and ready to go to bed. I'm also tired and ready to go to bed. We are old men. Yep. Do you just want to curl up on that couch right now and just fall asleep? In I, my don't, arms? I don't. I uh, don't. Your arms, yes. I'm the comfort- couch, no, just because it doesn't seem super comfortable, and I, I'm a man who likes comfort these days. Yeah, and maybe a little small for the two of us. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with a quick story. Okay. So we went to my friend Josh's house the other day, and I took Nova. It was Josh's girlfriend. She was graduating law school, so we had a thing. And, okay. you know, everyone's vaccinated now. It was very nice to yeah. just be able to go to someone's house, maybe 10 people. Sure. And Nova went. And all of my buddies, like you, adore my daughter. She's, She's awesome. so cool She's and awesome. She's the coolest, yeah. So Josh, go, Josh has this, he's very fancy furniture. Okay. He's one of those people. Sure. I wear the same clothes every day, and my studio has 25 skulls in it. <laughs> right. He has nice furniture. Okay. People he have has, their things. He, people like different shit. Yes. So he has this huge light that looks like a spaceship. And he was like, Nova, check out that light. And she's like, wow. And he's like, look at this. And then he like told his Google Home or whatever right. to turn it like pink and blue. And then it did. He spoke it into reality. Did it blow her mind? Blew her mind. So guess what daddy did? Daddy goes home. <laughs> Uh, Nova, that that light up in the corner just changes all day long. Well, Daddy goes home, does a little bit of research. Daddy gets Amazon Echo Dot for the bedroom and for the living room. Oh. And Daddy gets Wi-Fi light bulbs that change color at voice command. Is that what all Nova does all day now? It's what all I do all day now. So you ha- <laughs> where, do you, where do you have light bulbs? In your studio? So my so I have my studio, living room, Nova's room, and bedroom are all, all outfitted with Wi-Fi light bulbs cool. that can all change colors at my voice command. And not only that, I've set them all on timers and I've set, I have like little scenes. I have a movie 
scene. Like like uh, Echo, go to movie. I'll say Alexa, chill movie night. And all the lights will turn to a little glowing ember. Oh, that's cool. And then I have uh, Alexa, set bedroom chill. The bedroom will dim like to 25%. Alexa, set sexy time. They just all go black. Alexa, have sex with me. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Cannot compute. Anyway, I've been enjoying sleepy time now because I'm like in this little like ambient cocoon thanks to Dude, that's the awesome. robots. I've had to trade all my privacy for it because now they're listening to you know, everything I do. Well, but you, our phones are already doing that, already so doing welcome that. to reality. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I just still have Christmas lights in my studio, so but that's my vibe. I like But let it. me tell you what you can get now, Ethan. And believe me, Amazon doesn't pay me to say this. Yeah. Amazon can go fuck itself, actually. You can get a Wi Fi smart plug from Amazon that will do the same thing. Okay. It just controls the plug. So you plug that in and then you can say, Alexa, turn off studio. You just go bing. Cool. Fair. So anyway, that's that's, that's, that's the thing I'm excited about. Listen, it's the little things. It's again, the little things. Again, a win is a win is a win. Take the W. Clint. And you know how we've really won is that we get to do this amazing podcast every week. We get to spend time together. Now we endured the scariest and worst year of my life. Yeah, we endured it. We did it together. We, we did. did it with our listeners, with our fans. That's right. We didn't miss a single fucking week of Hell talking no. about our favorite band. And we get to do it now and celebrate with these people. We get to see the boys live in September. Yep. We get to get back to work coming up. Yes. And uh, the, the fucking hate train moves on, baby. I was just about to say the same thing, man. Well, look, you guys know what to do. Leave us the positive review. Send us in your uh, fantasy set list for the Rockville shows or any of these festival gigs. Let us know if you're coming to the party. Make plans to be there Saturday, September 25th in Louisville, the night between party. Right. We have some cool shit cooking up for that. Go support us on Patreon if you can, if you're willing and able. It really goes a long way. It helps us out. We were able to put a lot of it back into the show right. and do cool shit. Check out Ethan's reggae album. It's one of the best albums I own. My album, Lunar Satan, is now shipping with vinyl. Mm-hmm. And take care of yourselves and take care of your families. We love you. We'll see you on the flippity-floppity. Peace. Adios and have fun always.
so easily When you can't find the words to say It's hard to make it through another day And it makes me wanna cry Throw my hands up to the sky So understand Don't waste your time Always searching for those wasted years Face up and make your stand And realize you're living Say, then I would say delete that. <laughs> 